The reading this morning comes from the first letter of John, chapter 5, verses 6 to 13. Testimony concerning the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life and this life is in the son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Let us pray. May the words that come from my mouth be inspired by you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we've arrived at the end of our series of the first letter of John with a surprisingly Trinitarian passage. I say surprisingly in two senses. Firstly, we see a, an interesting triune relationship with the three who testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood. But secondly, it's Trinitarian because it's confusing. One of the commentaries that I read in preparation um, for this message uh, said these words. These verses are one of the letter's most tangled patches presenting a challenge for any interpreter to find a footing. Well, understanding the Trinity is hard. I know for some it's too hard. The more simplistic you try and make it, the more incomplete or limited God becomes. For some, Trinity can be an obstacle. It is one of the foundations of the Christian faith. The creeds of the church all say in their own different ways that Christians are to believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you can't understand, can you still believe? 
I know for some it is a step too hard and too far. But my hope today is that you might walk away with an expanded vision of who God is. But also an expanded vision of who God is calling us to be. I asked you at the beginning of this series five weeks ago to imagine that this letter was written by John, St. John, the beloved disciple. Not because I have absolute certainty that he actually wrote it. Biblical scholars can't agree, so who am I to suggest that I know better? But because of the relational possibilities it opens up when we are put in the position of imagining that St. John is writing these words to his community. This is a highly relational letter. There is a sense of deep care and connectedness with the author and his community. There is an obvious deep relationship with the author and God through their relationship with Jesus. So this morning I want to finish where I started. Relationship. My first Trinity Sunday with you in this parish was the 15th of June, 2014. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Got a few more grey hairs now. Um, I began my sermon that Sunday morning with these exact words. Everyone knows how awesome our church building location is. So it can be hard to comprehend how people don't know where we are. But Christ's church is not supposed to be sedentary. It's not a location. It's dynamic, alive and active. Our vision is to be a church that is known not for its location, but for its relationships. Anybody remember that? Seems like only yesterday. In 2019, we tweaked and sharpened the words of our vision to read, revealing more of God through who we are because of who God is with a little tagline, even more. But these words, at their essence, are still all about relationship. And so it makes sense to revisit this relational vision that God has set us on task for on Trinity Sunday in 2021. Because, ironically, the location of a church building because of what's happened in the last 12 to 14 months, has never mattered less. But an understanding of who God is has never mattered more. Pre-COVID, we hadn't fully grown into our vision. We were still growing and maturing and wrestling. We had even more to do. The best time to have it all together would have been right before the pandemic hit. But as many people are saying right at the moment, the next best time to get it right is now. I want to spend a bit of time exploring this idea of who God is this morning. 
Imagine that somebody approaches you and asks you to sum up who God is in one word. Have a think. What word would you use to describe God? God is what? Now, don't get fancy and say Trinity because it's Trinity Sunday. You're trying too hard there. Imagine you're completing the sentence for someone who doesn't usually go to church and is genuinely interested in your answer. God is how many people thought of love? Yeah? A few? Yeah, excellent. It's a great answer. But did you know that the first time in the whole of Scripture that we hear the expression, God is love, is actually in the eighth verse of the previous chapter of John's first letter? Whoever does not love, whoever does not love, does not know God, for God is love. First time in the whole of Scripture that those three words are put together. The loving God and the loving nature of God is, of course, evident throughout all of Scripture, but only expressed like this in this letter. As we wander through Scripture, we see lots of times when the expression God is appears. Things like God is a consuming fire, gracious and compassionate, mighty, exalted in power, a righteous judge, king of all the earth, the strength of my heart, greatly feared, awesome, holy, light, merciful, one, God of gods and Lord of lords. God is the one who goes with you to fight for you, our refuge and strength. God is my help, my righty rock, a God who saves, a sun and shield, flawless. God is spirit, God is faithful. And this is all before we get all the characteristics of God revealed in the person of Jesus. And this is before we get to start to explore all the different characters and characteristics of God that are explained using different expressions in Scripture. God is love, but God is so much more. But if I was going to pick a word, a single word that I would use from the start, I would pick God is love too. Particularly to those outside of the church. But we need to remember if we do that, if we limit God to one aspect of who God is, it can become a very distorted or a very narrow view of God. God is love, but love is not all God is. All of God is most fully revealed when we start to explore the relationship we see in the Holy Trinity. God the Creator, God the Redeemer, and God the Sanctifier, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The many other words that we use to describe the Trinity. It's our human way of summing up all of those characteristics that we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. All those characteristics that we see incarnate in the person of Jesus and all those characteristics that we still see being brought to life through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Trinity and understanding the doctrine of the Trinity should be less about explaining the detail and more about exploring the wonder. Just because we can reel off a list of names and characteristics 
doesn't mean that we can fully grasp the whole magnitude and completeness of God. Quite the opposite. The more we add to the list of characteristics, the bigger God becomes, the more wondrous God is, the more we know that we don't know. The more we are able to be humbled by the wonder of who God is. And maybe humbled to ask ourselves this question Do I actually know God? If I'm honest, when I take into account the immense magnitude of God, the wonder, the lists upon lists that Scripture reveals about the nature and character of God, I cannot categorically say I know exactly every element of who God is. Do I fully know God? No. But I can know Jesus. And I am known by God. John, in this passage, moves from the greater testimony of God, the character of God revealed in the spirit, water and blood, to his personal testimony in verses 11 and 12. And these are John's words, that God gave us eternal life, And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's pretty full on and blunt, isn't it? So your task for today is to go over to the town centre or home to a family member who doesn't go to church and use the exact same words. God gave us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Do you have the Son? Actually, I'm pretty sure that won't grow the church. That might just lose you some friends. But it should be causing us to ask some questions, shouldn't it? And the questions that John's testimony started to get me to ask are, how does the church show life. For that matter, is the church actually alive? If you look around, uh, if you're physically gathered in here this morning, you'll see that there were less people than there were back in, on Trinity Sunday 2019. Less people have returned to gathered worship since we've been able to. And my heart breaks and I feel a personal sense of failure that people have lost connection, got out of the habit of going to church, have not liked particular changes or preferred to shop around for their spiritual needs to be met. I also die a little inside each time I hear someone say, the church should have done or the church should be doing because it shows that they do not see themselves as the church anymore. And because of who I am and the position that I hold, I can't help have a sense of ownership in their disappointment. Could I have done something differently? Probably. 
But this type of thinking is not only limiting and distorting God, it's limiting and distorting God's church. Church is not an hour on Sunday. Church is the people who respond to the magnitude and wonder of who God is. And who we say God is defines who the church is. More people now view our online content than gather physically in our church buildings each week. We have new people from all parts of Australia beginning to create a connectedness. This morning I said good morning to to people in Victoria and Western Australia before the services started. Yes, some have drifted away, but others have come and begun to come You see, there are so many opportunities. Why we do church is exponentially more important than the way or the when we do church. Why we do church is more important than the way we do church. Do we just do church so that we can bring people into a building on a Sunday morning? Or... Do we do church so people might be moved by who God is? Moved forward in their journey. When I arrived in this church seven and a half-ish years ago, there was an audible lament that the students and the families of All Saints Anglican schools didn't come to us anymore. So I asked the obvious question, when was the last time we went to them? And so I started accepting every single invitation I got to go to the school. And with the um, uh, amazing assistance uh, of Mother Anne McGuinness and a wonderful team at All Saints led by Patrick, we've intentionally worked on our relationship. We've had twists and turns bumps and a pandemic thrown in for good measure. But I reckon that our relationship is stronger now than it has ever been. As Marianne said at the start of the service, over the last two weekends, we've had over 100 pre-prep to year two students, plus their parents and carers and some siblings thrown in, in this actual physical building space, playing together, having fun together, jumping up and down, learning about God and building relationships with each other and this church. So if we are finding ourselves in 2021 asking the question, why are less people coming to us on a Sunday? Then I can't help but ask the same obvious question. When was the last time we went to them? This isn't my job. We won't be employing anybody extra to do this. It's not up to the select few. All of us, every single one of us, must take responsibility to commit to cultural change and become more aware of the countless opportunities we have to show practical love to those outside of the church. 
If saying God is love is a great place to start in trying to explain who God is, then actually having the church show love, isn't that a great place to start for the church to show who we believe in? But Trinity Sunday tells us that God is far more intricate and complex than one emotion, as powerful as love is. In the same way that God is more completely revealed in the works of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God's people are more reflective of God's character when we recognize the amazing kaleidoscope of gifts and talents that we've been blessed with to use for the benefit of others. Within this particular community, even if there are less gathered than they used to be, there is more than enough of God's character, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for this church not only to be alive, but also to bring life to others. John's testimony is pretty blunt and straightforward. But what if our testimony was that we are a church who is alive and brings life to others? As we look out into the world, outside of these walls, as we look up from our screens, I wonder, can we actually look with actual wonder? What difference could it make when we actually went to those who haven't been for a while, who have never been, and rather than expecting them to conform or to reform, instead we looked at them with wonder and expectation and asked questions like, I wonder what God will do in and through them. I wonder how God will use them. I wonder what their testimony will be. I wonder what character and of God will be reflected in and through their witness that might surprise me. I wonder, can we still be a church known for its relationships? Can we still reveal more of God through who we are because of who God is? I wonder. Let us pray. Loving God, help us to be lost in your wonder, lost in the enormity of your magnitude, but help us to be found in relationship with Jesus Christ. Help us to know that you know us far better than we know ourselves. Help us to take on your character to be your light and love in our world. Help us to see the wonder and possibility of what is yet to come and who we are becoming because you are our God and we are your people. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.